Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, writer, author, and three-time TEDx speaker, LaRon Barton. Hey, what you drinking? All right, now, we, we're going to go back. We are going to go back, and I'm going to reach way back to the beginning of me feeling like I could talk on a microphone, and there might be some people out there who might want to hear what I got to say. Because one of the first shows that I was ever on uh, was an invitation by this guy out of Canada. Uh, he goes by the branding of Dr. Vibe. He assembled uh, a bunch of a bunch of guys from around the world, and he just asked us, "What time is it?" And we just talked about topics of the day. One of the guys that uh, I just, uh, again, I mean, we had to be in rotation, but one of the guys I really hated to be after is our guest today. And this is, this guy is the real thing. And so I want to introduce to my audience on the Whiskey Jazz and Leadership Show, Mr. Laron Barton. Laron, what's going on, man? What's going on? What's going on, Galen, man? Just, man, dude, like, so good to hear from you, man. So good to be on your platform, y'all. Man, listen, this this brother, man, just, you know, when we met on, on the Dr. Vibe show, you know, at the time, like, I was really new to going on podcasts. And so I, I just really thank you that you were so gracious and so very supportive and just in- encouraging, you know, because Galen has a very... It's a very smooth, very uh, just very even keel way of of putting things, and and me like you know I always up you know I'm like that young lion that's like ah like you know what I mean, and and so you know you have to learn how to sort of sometimes pull back, and you know I became more more refined, and so but you myself and Doctor Rashid man, God, kill it, uh, we were so good man. <laughs> Well, hey, man. Hey, hey, we I'm actually getting ahead of myself, man. I, I'm so excited about this conversation. Uh, my, my listeners are like, what, what's going on? I don't, I don't know where to get into this because I haven't even started this thing officially because one of the most important questions that everyone knows that I've got to ask, uh, because un- unless I ask this question, there are going to be picket lines outside. And uh, that happened once and I can't I can't go through it again, man. So here, here we go. So what you drinking? So right now, uh, it's uh, 11, 13 on the, on the East Coast. So I'm drinking out of one of my favorite bottles. It's uh, H2O, water, you know, uh, the the nectar of, of life at the moment. But, you know, uh, Galen has uh, has inspired me to uh, tonight to uh, get like a get like a nice little uh, nice little sip of whiskey tonight. So. All right. Well, all right. Well, hey, man. Well, my listeners know that that means one thing and one thing only. That means I need to reach deep into my whiskey cabinet to get something that is going to set us up for this conversation. And man, you know, I, I, I put a lot of thought into the whiskeys I reach for. 
And for this conversation, knowing that I was going to be talking with you and just knowing just a little bit about what we used to talk about back in the day and the work that you're doing now, I reached for none other than Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey uh, and Cool Story, which, I mean, Fawn Weaver, come on. Fawn Weaver, need to have you on the show. Victoria Butler, Sherry Moore. Uh, Fawn Weaver has developed this brand based on the former slave, Nearest Green, the former slave who taught Jack Daniels how to distill whiskey. And it's called Uncle Nearest, and they've got uh, the the first one that uh, the first one that I was aware of is the one I'm reaching for. This is this Uncle Nearest 1856. It's a hundred proof, and this was the first one that I became aware of. Uh, and then they came out with uh, Uncle Nearest 1820, which is an overproof, which is amazing. As soon as that bad boy hit the market, uh, you couldn't find it anymore. If you if you blinked, you you they were sold out. So they can't you you can't you find. What do you mean? I'm, I'm sorry. What do you mean by by overproof though? Overproof meaning I don't know. I think it's 110 proof. Uh, it's 110 proof. This one, 1856, is 100 proof. Uh, the the 1820 is overproof. I think it's 110. Then they came out with uh, 1884, uh, which is 94 proof. And because 94 proof is a little less than what I usually play with, I hesitated. Right, I I, I resisted checking it out and, until uh, I thought. We were going to be able to have Victoria Butler on the show, and and since and since eighteen eighty four was the one that she conceived of, I I went out and I got it, and oh my god, is it amazing! But then they've they've come out with a rye, and then there's this uh this Uncle Nearest uh, Masters blend that you can only get when you go to their distillery. I got that too, but I'm going to reach for this eighteen fifty six because this is foundational to that uncle nearest brand and Laron, you, you you're really kind of you're really kind of foundational to m- me wanting to call myself a podcaster and and wanting to talk to people beyond so uh, i'm gonna pour some of this let me open up some of this hold on one second and uh you get to validate that i'm actually pouring this into my uncle nearest glass Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he is actually pouring that 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 beautiful brown nectar. And uh, oh my gosh! Well, well, hey. So as I as I enjoy as I enjoy this, man, as I enjoy this, please share a little bit about your background, your story. And uh, what you're doing now, man, because I'm going to have you describe what you're doing now, because I can't even put my arms around all the things that you're into. Every time I pick up a Harvard Business Review, there's an article uh, written by Laron Barton. Uh, Every time I turn on TEDx, there's Laron Barton standing on that red dot. Uh, you know, I, I go on Instagram and I hear Laron Barton talking about doing some things at Oxford. So, dude, spend a little time talking about your background, uh, what caused you uh, and what created you and what has allowed you to get to where you are now so that we can get into this conversation about whiskey, jazz and leadership. 
Wonderful question, man. So, you know, first off, you know, my name is Leron Barton. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I'm a brother. I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a grandson. I'm a, a cousin. I'm a friend. You know, I like to think of myself as just uh, a steward of the people. Um, I've always written, you know, throughout my entire life. You know, I started out writing comic books when I was young. You know, I put together like my own comic books. And you know, I was one of those kids that actually read like textbooks for fun and so you know if i was in the third like fifth grade i'm reading like sixth and seventh and eighth and eighth grade textbooks um i started writing professionally back in 2013 uh, my first book straight dope for 360 degree look into american drug culture it was inspired by the late great studs turkle you know who is, is unfortunately no longer with us studs was a writer out of chicago and what studs would do galen is that he would pick a subject and he would just interview people and so for me, I love to listen to people tell stories like I like to tell stories, but I love to listen to, to, to stories more. And, um, you know, I just want to I just want to ask, like, why is America so so inundated with drugs? And so from from there, um, I I uh, in 2015, I, I wrote All We Really Need Is Love, Stories of Dating Relationships, Heartbreak and Marriage. Um, again, I'm just a humongously good listener. And I just love to listen. So I just ask people, how do you find love? How do you marry? How do you lose love? How do you gain it again? And, and from that Galen, you know, I, I began to, to write about my life in form of essays, uh, started at the good men project elephant journal. Uh, I believe one of the first essays I wrote was called chasing Chris Christina, which was about my, my desire to be with this woman who didn't want to be with me. And then from there, I you know wrote I wrote a piece about my father. I wrote a piece about my friend coming out to me, and then I started to write about race, you know, from the perspective of a black man in America. And from there, you know, just you know, like little little opportunities started started to build. You know, I was uh, able to write for Black Enterprise. Was 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 able to write, you know, a co-authored a piece i believe it's in buzzfeed uh you know I, then i started writing for much more larger publications such as i've written for your tango i've written for salon i've written for slate written for newsweek which is just like a, the crowning achievement as, as as well as the harvard uh harvard business review which is something that i that i had a goal and i met that and so you know for me everything flows from the writing and from there galen I did my first TEDx in, in, uh, in 2018. It was uh, called How I Overcame the Fear of My Stutter. Because if anyone is listening to me or has ever met me, I have a stutter. And so it allowed me and it gave me the courage to, uh, to, to face it. And once I, once I did that, Galen, it was like all bets were off. You know, like every door was open. It was, it was like I just stepped into my power, per se. And I did two more TEDx's. Um, and in 2020, which is definitely something that's that's not recommended to do two TEDx's in, in <laughs> one year, one month apart, which was just incredibly difficult. The second one was called The Power of, of Storytelling, which is kind of fit in with me because, again, I, I just I, I love to tell stories and I love to hear stories. And it was just about, you know, the power of the story, how seeing and hearing a different experience, a, a different viewpoint, a different vantage point. A, a different voice can motivate and can change the world. And my final TEDx um, was called um, The Importance of Documenting the Moment. And this was inspired by just seeing so many 
stories of black men who were killed by the police unarmed and how the narrative was just bent and it was just changed. I was like, nah, you know, we need to, we need to take charge of that narrative. You, you dig. And, you know, from there, Galen, it's just been, you know, it's, it's been a lot of really cool things, man. I mean, you know, I've got a chance to uh, speak at Oxford, which was, you know, and is, and, and is a, a dream come true. And now, and, you know, in addition to, doing TEDx coaching. I'm, I'm actually working with people who, who want to give a TEDx because I, I feel like that that's kind of full circle. I'm also working on a project right now that I'm eventually going to move into a space where I help the formerly incarcerated get jobs in tech. So we're going from, that's what my speech at Oxford was about. So we're going from a concept to actually something concrete. You know, but I mean, I'll never stop writing. I mean, it's this is it's in my blood. You know, this is what got me here. And, you know, this is what's going to keep me here. So, wow, man, I I love it. And, and and like I said, man, you you when I first had the opportunity to share a, a microphone with you, it was obvious that you had a message that was dying to get out that it I, I, I didn't know how. I don't even know that you knew how, uh, but the message knew that it was going to get out somehow. So I, I want to come at you right from the start with helping me to define. I like to ask my guests to help me define how this metaphor for the name of the show fits into how you have approached life with all the successes that you've had. So, uh, you know, again, love whiskey, love jazz, love leadership, all literally. Uh, but the metaphor of whiskey is doing what you enjoy with the folks you enjoy it with, even if the other folks, the others don't get it, right? Because it's, it's not about them anyway. It's not about the others. So that's the metaphor of whiskey. Uh, the metaphor of jazz is... Uh, how do you get from where you are to where you need to be on time and in key, even in those situations where you don't have sheet music or when the sheet music just won't get it? The, the sheet, sheet music just won't work. You still have to get there on time. And since we're talking about your life, you might as well make it sound good. You've got to figure that out. You you can't blame it on the sheet music. <laughs> you got to you got to figure it out. And as a Kansas City dude, man, you, you, I know you got the jazz. I know you got the jazz in there. And then, and then the leadership piece we were talking about a little bit before. L leadership for me, uh, that's that's my thing. But the metaphor of leadership is social media is fun, marketing is is cool, strategy really really important. But nobody eats unless somebody kills something. Someone needs to stand up and say, "We're going to take this action," and I'm not taking no for an answer. And we're going to start today with something different. And until someone stands up and, and takes that leadership position, we're all just practicing. We're all just rehearsing. So uh, I, I want to run that metaphor by you. Uh, what's your take on all three? And, and, and if you buy into the musings of this, of, of, of this guy on the other end of the, uh, of the uh, microphone here, uh, then how does that metaphor fit? Uh, into the kind of success that that you continue to have and and how you live your life. It fits extremely well. First, first off, 
if we think about whiskey, right? Like, you know, doing something that you love with, with the folks you love and not really caring about what others feel. That's my writing period, right? So I'm a black man in America. I write, my voice is specifically about that experience. I'm not anything else. I'm not a person of color. I'm, I'm black. I'm, I'm an ADOS, an American descendant of slavery. And so because of that, I have to write and talk about that from, from that experience because that's what that's what's grounded in my authenticity. Not only talk about it, but just in the way that I talk. You know, I use slang. I, I I'm I'm very direct in when I when I when I call things out. You know, the great Malcolm X once said, make it plain. So I just believe in like, you're like, let's just let's just cut out all the rigmarole, right? You're like, let's just let's just get straight to it. And so the way that I approach things, I mean, it's, you know, it's not for everybody and that's cool. Listen, you know, everything's not for everybody. Right. So it's just like when I wrote uh, my latest piece for Newsweek, I, I talked about how I, as a black man, when I began to, to start speaking out, I lost white friends. There, there's going to be people that are going to read that and they're going to be like, man, he's, he's a little too militant. That's all. That's okay. It wasn't for you. I started to have my success, Galen, when I started to be true to who I am. You know, I'm I'm not here to be saccharine, to hold your hand, to be like, uh, you know, talk about BIPOC when I mean black. Like that's corny, man. Like, oh, listen, like I'm strict. I'm, I'm strictly coming from this vantage point. I'm a black American man, and so that's all that I know. You know, Spike Lee once said, "Write what you know." And so when I've been able to be true to myself and not care about alienating others, I've just gotten more success, man. I mean, people love authenticity. And so when we think about jazz, you know, jazz is all about improvisation, right? It's, it's, it's all about as, uh, Derek Huff said, you know, when you're, you know, when you're dancing and you may trip, you just sort of just like fall into another number. Right. And so you may not know how to get there. Like the map may be all these like squiggly lines, right? But if you know you're starting at at, at A and you want to get to B, you have to have faith in God and faith in yourself that that you will handle it. Listen, I did not know. Look, I put like one of my big one of my big goals was to um to speak at an Ivy League school. I didn't know I didn't know how how I was going to get there, but I said, "Yo, I'm gonna speak at an Ivy League school." I ended up speaking at a at Oxford, you have to try things that may be out of your uh, out of your comfort zone. So I believe that Miles Davis is probably the greatest musician of the last seventy years. Right? For me, I just I think Kind of Blue is the greatest album I've ever heard. It's so like if you have not listened to that album, unbelievable. Like it's just flawless. Right? Miles had to do albums to get up to that point right one thing i always say is that everything builds on everything so my writing and get the good men project has led me to write for the black enterprise which has led me to write for salon and slate it's like you know your you know your your tangle it's like everything builds on everything you may not know how to get there but if you maximize on every possibility and you know there have been times that i've that i've slacked off you know with podcast appearances maybe a post wasn't wasn't written you know I, I i wrote an essay that wasn't really hitting on nothing but 
if you maximize and try to grab every opportunity that you possibly can, like, for example, when my first opportunity to write for Newsweek came about, they were like, look, we need this in, in, like, in, in like two or three days. I'm like, look, okay, what's popping? It's one of those things, you know what I mean? If you stay ready, you, you don't have to get ready, right? So, so I'm just like, yo, I'm about to just write this thing. And I started just like rhyming like Nas, like lyrics, you know, where in the beginning of New York City of mine, where he goes, I don't know, I don't know how to start this off. And he goes, rap is a monkey flipping with the funky rhythm, you know, just, just kind of getting, kind of getting in, into that mode. And so if I would have said, well, I don't think that I can get it to you in two or three days, then I would have lost that opportunity. So what I'm saying is that ultimately you have to be flexible. And if you listen to like, so I've been listening to a lot of Coltrane, right? And man, he's just so like, he's so fluid. You know, you know, I I, I listened to the, uh, to the song, uh, believe, hold on, let me pull it up uh, because I love this song. Uh, it is called Giant Steps, right? And it's just, man, like Coltrane is just out of this world. But so he, he takes chances. And so you have to take chances. You have to bet on yourself. And, and in regards to leadership, man, I, I feel like that a lot of my life, I wasn't confident that I could be a leader because I didn't feel like that, that A, no one would listen to me. B, I didn't want that responsibility. And C, you know, it's, it's you know, it was a lot of work. And look, all three of those things, and look, leadership is a lot. However, it's like what they say in the Bible, much is given, much is, uh, much is expected, right? And so who are you to not use those gifts to inspire other people? And so the thing about it is like leadership comes in so many different forms, right? It's not about being Bear Bryant. It's not about being Phil Jackson or gosh, like uh, Lee, Lee Iacocca. You know, it's not about, you know, a, a superintendent. It could just be just inspiring people, moving people. When I write or when I give a talk and, and I get these messages saying, oh, my God, you know, you've inspired me. You're, you're telling my story. That's leadership. man. so we have to stop being afraid. You're going to get detractors. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? you're going to fail. You know, I, I heard this 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 acronym, Galen. Fail means first attempt in learning. Look, man, you know, you're going to fail. You look, you got the mama mentality in your background, right? Remember when Kobe, I, I guess like when he first started out, it was like his first like playoff appearances uh, and he hit them bricks. Five in a row. Five, dude, just terrible. So to a normal person, that would crush you and you know, you can't advance to the next round and you're just, but Kobe always said, and, and he said something that I'll never forget. He was like, you know, the failures failures interesting because you because you get a chance to step back reassess what you did right what you did what you did wrong do a post-mortem right and then go then go back and implement those changes the, the next time you get a chance so i think that there would be more leaders if people didn't look at failure as just right yeah. because you're always gonna look yo like my second book didn't 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 sell nathan like didn't nobody read that you know, I've I've had pieces. Didn't nobody didn't didn't nobody read. I I I have a stutter, so I gave a talk at Glide Church. I stuttered in front of everybody. Like it was so bad, gang. Like I bombed so tough. When I went home, I never forget this. I I told myself, 
LeRon, this speaking thing may not be for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, but, you know, I told myself, I was like, I'm not going to let that get, get me down. So I practiced more and more and more. And so when I got the chance again, I was way better. I wasn't great, but I was much, much better. So Galen, it, it's almost like everyone wants to be great, wants to be great from the beginning. People want to be dope as soon as they jump off the porch. And that just doesn't happen, man. Right. Like, you can't be great and learn something. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.